This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. Do you know? Do you know who this is? No. Do I? No, you will. I know yeah. you will. No, Travis. No. No. All right. Tell Manny. Bone Dungs and Harmony. Bone okay. Dungs and Harmony. I yeah. believe you. <laughs> <laughs> who would lie? <laughs> no, I just wanted to see. This is, no. a, this is a very popular song. I know the song. I just yeah. know, I've I've heard the song before. But if it's, I think I'd recognize. I think I'd recognize Biggie's voice. Yeah. Uh, Jay Z, Kanye. Drake, out of that Eminem, uh, Eminem, Eminem yeah. was an easy one. Those five, Tupac? y'all, yeah. You Ice can... Cube, Ice Cube for sure. Ice Cube for sure. I just Tupac, out of Compton would, again. Eh, so maybe, good. maybe not. Yeah, just I, not, not my uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> music is none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, in the words of Mark, at least Simpson, you know, music, you yeah. know, Iggy Azalea. Uh, I know of Iggy Azalea. I can't do that because one. wasn't she uh, Nick Young married married her in a relationship with Nick yes. Young? Yeah, that was yeah. that whole thing with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Russell. First time yeah. Larillist. <laughs> That's Iggy. What, what's the line from X, Emily? What is it? X gonna give it to you. X <laughs> DMX. You recognize DMX's voice? Uh, yes. Well, you I have would. to. I would. It's yeah. so deep. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, that might be the list. I'm sure there's one or two more. There's, there's more you're missing, but it's fine. Bone, th- Bone Thugs and Harmony was so big, though, and that's what are they from Cleveland, I think. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Lindsay. Not exactly Cleveland alert. Yeah, but I love them. I love them growing up. Well, you're lost right now. A little you? bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Lindsay's from Cleveland. Lindsay Foldens from Lindsay's Cleveland. I know Lindsay's from Cleveland. I know that. Whenever somebody says Both. something about Cleveland, you say Cleveland oh. alert because oh. she always talks about Cleveland. Oh. And how to have the best tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an insane take. But have the, you had the tacos? I don't need to. Yeah, me either. Come on. Yeah, There's I, certain I, places you're like, I don't need to do that. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, that, that's It's like just... teaching the Pope how to, how to pray. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, come on. There are, there are certain cuisines that are done better by certain parts of the country than others. It's like saying that the best barbecue you've ever had is in Anchorage, Alaska. It's just like, that doesn't add up. Okay, this is actually funny. I, I meant to bring this up a couple days ago when I was doing... Um, Sedano and Cap with Beto because you know Beto knows all the taco spots around LA. I at Real Estate Watch or Real Estate Witch, I'm sorry, com. They did a big study about tacos across America and the best place, worst places to get them. Cleveland, as for our worst city for taco places, Cleveland has only one taco place. Per one hundred thousand residents, yeah. one hundred thousand better be pretty good. Out. You're ninety-one percent fewer than the average city. <laughs> but hey, the ones that are there, hey, yeah, they are maybe they've, they've um, ran everybody else out of okay, business so because they're that good. Well, so my my based cousins on the, from sorry, uh, but based on the average Yelp score of those tacos, not the case. <laughs> so I was in uh, Hilton Head with my cousins, and my cousins lived in, live in Western PA. So they live in either Erie or they live in P- Pittsburgh. And so we were talking about stuff. I was talking, because we, we were making that tacos, uh, the white people taco night that mm-hmm. one night. So I was talking white about- White people taco <laughs> How great tacos here are in LA. And they were like, oh, well, the best, the best taco I ever had was definitely in Cleveland. So we have another 
another person that is up there for uh, you should you should remove these people from your life Seriously. and just keep it moving. Can I take this part out of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, <laughs> they, they must have no one else needs to hear this, Jorge. I think they misspelled Nobody only else. taco they've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Probably only taco night. Don't miss Mason and Ireland broadcasting yeah. live from BMO Stadium. That is today for the Mason and Ireland LAFC pep rally, getting you ready for Messi and Inter Miami to come to town this weekend. Mason and Ireland live from the home of the black and gold today, 1-4 on 710 ESPN, your home of LAFC. Bing, bang, boom. Jorge's going to come. Jorge's going to come hang out. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have Paloma. <laughs> Don't have Mason's martini. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be a Try huge mistake. To. Don't yeah. do that at all. Did you guys all right. watch the clip I sent you? Not Blake yet. Blake Lively making the martini? I saw Not it. Yet. I'm going to watch it. Uh, quick, late, ask Andy. You ready for one? Sure. Can I get a cameo as a background character in the Commander and Chimp movie to add to my portfolio? That's from Danny Fett. Is this guy an actual actor? Let's take a look. Let's click does on his matter? profile. Well, no, it does matter. Of course uh, it does, Greg. Yeah. I don't know if this helps or hurt, but the second thing in his Twitter bio is Bill's Mafia. Does that means he's willing to do stuff. No, I mean, look. <laughs> True. Right? The Bill's Mafia, those guys are lunatics. Look, there, there are compromises perhaps already being made for this movie because, you know, Jay Moore has been promised a role without auditioning. It, not the vice president. He has to screen test for He's that. He's got to read. But if he wants to be the president, we've said if he wants to be the producing muscle of this movie, I will give him the president's role sight unseen. But you start going down That's that incredible. role with everybody, and all of a sudden you've got a subpar production. <laughs> and I, That's I, not acceptable. I want when the audience watches Bobo travel, I want Bobo to feel protected. <laughs> and the minute you have some crappy actor in there who's not believable as a Secret Service man, you ruin the realism of this movie. What about as like a butler who brings him in a, 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 a bunch of bananas and sets them on the resume? Right, he desk. doesn't have to speak. Dude. Just walk in with the bananas, set them on the desk, and say, uh, Mr. President, your lunch, Look, we're and talk walk out. We are yeah. talking about the 47th president <laughs> of the United States. Are like, we setting this in the current timeline of events? No. We don't want Absolutely. to jump forward to where he's like 52, and there's been guys that have no, come and gone before is, then? This is not dystopian, <laughs> the idea of Bobo being president. All right, like, I'm just making dare sure. Dare I say, this is a greater future. <laughs> Just want to make sure I that love we're thought. Have a similar vision. You guys have gone into this. This is like real, real thought. We've given this. this thought going back to, yeah. I want to say, W's presidency. <laughs> well, <laughs> really? Yeah. You don't say. Yeah. All right. Um, Dodgers lose last night 8-7. to seven. It was a really fun game to watch. The result, not so much because they lost, but I'll, I'll take 24-5 and five in the month of August. It's a pretty darn good month. It's okay. Um we got the answer on Lance Lynn against the Braves, yep. not the matchup that you're looking for. I think that we got our answer on what your rotation is going to look like in the playoffs, which is Kershaw, Julio, Miller in some order, yep. depending on matchup or location. And I think Julio you're pitching at home. Yeah. Maybe Walker Bueller if he can get back, but I, I think that's an extreme long shot. I think that's the fourth person. If it's the DS and you're playing the Cubs, the Reds, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, something like that. I think it's Lynn. I, I think Lynn pitches against one of those teams. If it's the Braves in the CS, I think you're a bullpen day at that point. And you use Lynn in in a matchup that's more favorable to him, not, hey, you're the guy that gives up a lot of home runs. Go go up against a team that's going to hit 300 of these things. Would you trust Gavin Stone in some of those spots? And also, and you go back to the Marlins. I would match would you, it up. Would you – do you want Lance Lynn playing against Jorge Soler in the playoffs? It's one guy. 
Yeah, but he right? but he can be what he I, was one guy that it, went nuts. I, like. I get it, but that's a matchup I can pitch around more often than not. You uh, can't pitch around the Braves. There's the next guy no, is can't. nearly as dangerous as the first well, guy. Well, you know, you uh I don't remember if it was you, uh, Greg or Travis who asked would you trust Gavin Stone? I one, okay. Yeah. I think the real question is it's not even a matter of who do you trust? It's who do you not trust yeah. the least? Right. That's the it. answer is you may trust none of these Here, guys. Th- here's your bullpen day, right? And, and look at what the Dodgers have done over the last two weeks or so. They've been using Caleb Ferguson to open some games. Yep. I yep. don't think that that's a coincidence. I don't think that that's anything other than, hey, let's take a look and see what this feels and looks like. Because if you can get through an inning or maybe four or five outs with Ferguson – and then you give the ball to somebody like Gavin Stone or Michael Grove. He eats up a couple more. And then you give it to Ryan Yarborough, who could be good for three or four. Yeah, can. Now, all of a sudden, we're in the seventh inning, and you can go to your Gratteralls and your your Phillips, and you can close the, the game the way But the truth is, you you're want. not going to really feel good about it at all. It's really I don't ma- know about that, Andy. I, I, I don't hate it. Those guys all have very specific roles. They've thrived in those roles. It's not like giving the ball to Clayton Kershaw, but it's is it any worse than giving it to Bryce Elder for the Braves? I, I don't think so. You're going to have some matchups where it's going to work But Bryce Elder's going to feel more normal, though. It, it, well, but this is kind about, of the normal thing that teams do now every fifth time through the rotation. Yeah, basically, like the, the Braves the Rays started it, and now the Dodgers have been doing it a lot. And Dodgers doing a lot tried of it in the playoffs, they did too. Last year they do it all the time so they have an, they have an understanding of how it all works Look, with i'm this, not saying it's with a, stone sheehan and all those other dudes like you can you can get through i'm it. not saying it's a bad idea but what i am saying in terms of the way you're whenever you do this it's because you know you don't have the option that you actually want no so it's for turn, sure it turns into that scene in argo where they're pitching the fake movie to get the hostages the best out. of our bad ideas yes yeah. is this the best bad idea you have <laughs> yeah. this is the best bad idea we have that might be their best bad idea. You know when they've done this before? Good. In 2020, when they won the World Series, they yep. did this with May and Gonsolin, where mm-hmm. they kind of just hammed and egged it. You know, Kershaw would do his thing, and the other Alex Wood would do his thing. There were other guys in the rotation, but Gonsolin and May were pitching in really weird roles that particular season, and it worked out. They and got through it. Urias was pitching the last three, three innings. Three innings. Yeah. So they do this, this is a normal thing now. So I think they got some clarity on their rotation. The other thing is last night, they fell behind 7-1 to one, was in the second inning. Yeah. They, they six runs in the second it inning. It would have been. The Dodgers are on an unbelievable heater, and it would have been very easy to say, all right, this was the day. Tonight's not the night. We, we we fell behind big early. Let's pack it in. Let's get some guys off the field. Let's just get ready to play on Friday night with Julio on the mound, right? Let's let's just fast forward the tape to there. They didn't do that. They started chipping away. They got to Spencer Strider, who's legit. That's the second time they've done that this year, yep. by the way. They've hit him hard a couple yep. of times now. They knocked him out of the game after knocked him out might be a little strong. They got him out of the game. Yep. They got to that middle part of the bullpen, and they had a chance to win the game. They kept hitting home they runs. They kept chipping away. Yep. Outman gets a walk. Hayward gets a hit. Mookie hits a couple of home runs. Muncy pops a home run. They just kind of grit and grind. And for the first time in as long as I can really remember with this Dodger team, they were playing somebody that's better than them. That The Braves aren't a lot better, but I think they are better. And them in that, hey, just keep playing. Keep taking at-bats. I like that role for them because – had they been the bet, had this been the 111 team win from last year, and they got by, it's like, uh oh, really again? It's happening again. As opposed to just take, play another inning, take another at bat, keep grinding and chipping. I think this is a much grittier team than we've seen. That they're 
very slight underdogs, I think, works in their benefit. And I, that was on display last night. 7-1 to one could have easily been final score 12-3. to three. Easy. Yep. It, was, it wasn't. It was 8-7. to seven. Well, that's, the thing was, too, is like you said it was, they got against Spencer Strider. That's Getting to him and getting to the bullpen and getting to all those dudes, to be able to say that you can do that with not with a starter in Lance Lynn that you're not going to be seeing in the postseason, it makes a big difference. It gives you a little bit more confidence that, okay, this is their number one starter, and we got to him again and got to the, got to the bullpen, got to them. It makes well, it better when you get into that situation. We talked yesterday, Travis, about the idea of what – what, if anything, does this series mean? Mm-hmm. The Dodgers' reaction to falling down 7-1, to one, if nothing else, shows it means something to them. True. Yep. Like, there's no way they make this type of comeback in that game if they're thinking, eh, it's just a series. I, I, We know who the teams are involved, but it doesn't matter. It meant something to them. If they were playing the Colorado Rockies last night and they fall behind 7-1, to one, I don't think it looks and feels like that. They, they're, I mean, they might come back and win the game, but... The way that they won, the way that they got back into it against who the, specifically Strider, they were yeah. psyched. They, they were, were psyched. Dodger Stadium was going. rocking. Yeah, too. it was. It had a real postseason vibe, and you can't fake that. You can't simulate. Now they lost, no. so it's That's not okay. all great. Yeah, it is in that situation. I think it is okay. And tonight it's going to be rocking again tonight. The Julio, Julio, and Mamba Jersey night. Yeah, That's a Hugh Lakers night. Jorge, Jorge in the house. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Man, First a lot is from the top deck. Huh? <laughs> For my birthday, you give me the jersey. <laughs> 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 all right. So Lindsay also wanted to uh, weigh in a little bit. She yeah. wants to defend herself uh. somewhat. So she said, uh, "For what it's worth, they are." Korean fusion street tacos. So they are a little bit of a different thing than a Mexican style taco, for one. And then she also sent me, this is from Barrio, which is a Cleveland Heights, uh, which is the, the taco shop. And their website says, we've been voted one of the top 10 taco stands in the United States, but also known for our vast selection of tequila, whiskey, and beer. So again, they might be in the top 10 uh, from what they self-report. And this is what Lindsay wanted to weigh in. Thanks for weighing yourself. in, but it's also being eliminated from the podcast today. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, look, no. Just simply no. I mean, Think of all of the places you could go that aren't Cleveland for tacos. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. Right? All of California, all of Texas, all of Arizona, all of New Mexico. You know, the places that border Mexico? A little bit. It just seems like there might be an advantage there. Look, oh, yeah. You know, some of the best pizza in the world fine. is in New York. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Doesn't border Italy. Yeah, well, I mean, no, but there are many Italians in New York who have created these pizzerias. I don't know what the uh, Latino population in Cleveland is. I don't know. Maybe it's significant, but... Let me look it up. Well, yeah. I mean, how significant could it be if their best tacos were <laughs> is Korean? Korean fusion? Yeah. <laughs> like... It, I mean, if anything, it might like, it might speak like, to the Korean population. It's, in right. it's one of the top Korean fusion taco places in the world. Yeah, I mean, we're we're getting in Cleveland. <laughs> we're getting awfully specific about yeah, this. Yeah, look, look. Sometimes you just got to take the L. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Heard the word fine. Heard the word niche. Yeah. <laughs> very niche. Very niche indeed. Uh, Andy did some math on Giannis's deal that made me go, really? It's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Did you watch BSI? I did watch BSI. Okay, I want to get into that coming up in a little bit. But more important than that, we need to continue our taco conversation. And we're going to oh, please. breeze Not by Cleveland. this Kids Bop. Oh, is this Kids Bop? Yeah, this kids is bop. Kids Bop. So you're going to have to tell me that it's Kids Bop because <laughs> I really don't know. This one isn't the best example because it doesn't sound that different than the original, but we'll play a different one later. What is the original? This is Rihanna's song, oh, Love, okay. on, Love on the Rocks. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I didn't rec. Honestly, I didn't recognize. Now I feel better. (laughs) Okay, we'll do it different later. I need the one that sounds like the screeching children that the one that I was exposed to in my car in the uh, early two thousands. That's the one that resonates. Did you have a kids' bop phase in your life? Not a big one. No, we we went out of our way with our daughter. We were like kids' bop or Barney or any of that stuff. We were like, if she really wants to listen. We're not going to say no, but we are not going to introduce it either. We're going to expose her to actual music, and she's a music geek, like in the best possible way. Right. I love it. So much like the dad who ties his son's right arm to his body so he forces him into being a left-hander, you did that with music. Yes, very, very (laughs) much so. Again, if she really had been gravitating towards some of these kids' songs, sure, but we were not going to introduce it into her life. All right, let's try a quick call here. Let's go to Marina Del Rey and Kevin. Kevin, you're on with Trav and Andy. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? So I just want to weigh in on your taco debate. Look, I don't care where you're from. I've been to Angelino my whole life. The best tacos are here in Southern California, Los Angeles. Of course. Tell them, fool. <laughs> I don't care about Cleveland or Ohio or Alaska, whatever you want to go, but... LA is the spot, man. Get yourself a bacon-wrapped hot dog, too. <laughs> I'll hear your arguments for Texas. I'll hear your arguments for New Mexico. Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> sure. Like, I will hear those arguments. Those are legitimate contenders. If you want to say somebody could have a shot against Southern California, California in general, it ain't Ohio. <laughs> like, Ohio is no. not some taco-hidden gem. It just isn't. That's when you get on the airplane and right, you you in, inevitably you're going to take out the airline magazine because you're bored. It's like things to do when you're in blank. If it's Cleveland, the answer is not hit the taco no, I spot. Mean, I bet there are some great like Eastern European sure. food spots. Pierogies. In, pierogies. Oh, yeah. 100%. You can find some phenomenal right. pierogies or <laughs> goulash. Right. Things like that in Cleveland. Yeah. Is, is Kevin gone? Did we yes, lose him? Kevin is gone. Because I wanted to see if he would back up Jorge on his carne asada number six opinion. What's this? Yeah. Jorge, go ahead. Yeah, I don't like ordering carne asada tacos when I'm at the taco stand because I feel like I can make that at home. That's a very basic taco. Anybody can make a carne asada taco, so I can make that at home. I'm not going to eat a. So what that. do you have is one through five? Uh, carnitas is like my number one. Then you can't I can't make that at home. Uh, no, 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 because you need a. It's just different. You need the copper pot. Yeah, the way mm-hmm. you make the pork is just yeah. different. Uh, I like carnitas. I'll go with you know fish taco. I'll go with grilled or fried. Uh, uh, grilled. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with the grilled, and then I can go with uh, al pastor, adobada. Uh, man, I oh, see, I thought you were going to start getting like really specific, so, like bro. cabeza. Yeah, lengua. I thought you were going to no, go like no, cheek no, tongue. No, <laughs> like, heck no, no. Right, but I lengua, thought, ugh, yeah, no. that's, I thought you were going in that direction. Heck no. I will say though, come at me, people. I know you guys are listening. Come at me. No lengua, no cabeza, no seso, no buche. None of that. None of that bad stuff. I'll sometimes make taco. You know, I actually pretty frequently make tacos at home like sometimes you you know on the grill whatever white people tacos or tacos no taco tacos okay yeah good i, I mean i would have i would offend <laughs> two-thirds of my home or i guess maybe if i'm doing the math one and a third of my home because she's half the other side <laughs> fair and, and i i like trying to cook the the actual yes. way the authentic version the authentic way um as far as carne asada goes specifically, so good. I tend to like the ones I make more See, than, the ta- exactly than the taco truck but ones. I'm not saying that the the 
degree of difficulty is what I'm making. I'm just talking about the thing that I enjoy eating the most. I, like I just enjoy that taco the most. I, I love al pastor. I love carnitas. A chicken mm-hmm. taco is still really, really good. Yeah. But a carne asada taco just is if, that, if that's we're the going, one. If we're going taco truck, like I tend to think carne asada is the most missable. Not even bad, but it's just That's the most Jorge's missable spot. Yeah, sometimes it's dry. Sometimes it cannot be seasoned right. And it's sometimes it, it can depends. be a little more grizzly meat. Yes, like it's well. not. It's not usually the best of the meats. Whereas, like the pork, you're always getting great pork. I think that's a big difference. Carnitas is hard. To Carnitas is yeah, Carnitas especially is, when you I'll, eat the part that's got the little crispy edge. Al pastor, oh, is dude, phenomenal. it is good. <laughs> just a little bit of the a little pineapple. bit of pineapple. Just a little, little bit. Slice. Just a that's little bit. Little and I want piece. small pieces, not the big chunk. Yes, exactly. I want the smaller pieces. That's right. But I, I would, I would rather get, I don't know, either like a skirt steak or something like that. Grill it up, carne asada style. Like look for the the right type of seasoning stuff. I'd rather do that myself. All right, let's get into this real quick, and then we can pick it up after Factor Cap. But you did some math. They, Giannis made the comments about, hey, look, if I don't think that we're headed in the right direction, I'm not going to sign my extension. And all of a sudden, Mark Stein writes something about how maybe the Lakers and the Knicks might be potential landing spots, and we're off and running, right? That This is what's happening. Giannis fits everywhere. He's Giannis, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So there's no bad fit for Giannis. But then there's the better fits than others. And again, Giannis fits everywhere. But what the Lakers are doing, the fit is surprisingly accurate, if nothing else. Well, I mean, Mark Stein had reported, too, that it is it is speculated, if nothing else, that Giannis would have a lot of interest in either the Knicks or the Lakers. And for people to understand Giannis's contract situation, he's under contract for this coming season, 23-24, then 24-25. 25-26 is a player option. So he already said signing an extension now would make no economic sense for him, regardless of how he feels about his situation in Milwaukee. He would wait till this the summer of 2024 offseason no matter what. But if he doesn't sign then, Milwaukee has to start thinking about the 24-25 season as a potential walk year Mm -hmm. because he could opt out of the 25-26, become a free agent. Milwaukee, it would be disastrous if they lose him still in his prime for nothing. Fun fact, just doing a little bit of mathing, for the 24-25 season, the one before the player option, Giannis is slated to make $48,787,676. Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, <laughs> and an opted-in D'Angelo Russell make forty-eight million six hundred sixty-eight thousand six hundred sixty-nine. So, within about a hundred ten thousand of each other, as you were. <laughs> that is not just close; it's shockingly yeah. close. It is probably. I mean. At forty-eight million, hundred thousand—that's we're talking one percent. Well, yeah, territory. I mean, there you start getting into like where each team is with the cap, like how exact it has to be. But I think with within a hundred ten thousand is pretty much CBA legal in yes. all circumstances. So, is that a coincidence? Is that because here's the thing: every time a big name is either going to be a free agent or could potentially be a free agent or there's an out in a contract and the guy may or may not be 
completely satisfied in his current situation. The Lakers are always going to be on the list because they're the Lakers and the Lakers love stars. So th- th- that's always going to go together. Bait. And clickbait. Is it that or is it, hey, there's a lot of odd <laughs> alignment in these things. Okay, here's- and we should actually start to look at this as not a likelihood, but something that somebody somewhere said, Let's make this number. Let's put these very specific numbers to these players. Well, to some degree, it's coincidence in the, in the sense that Austin Reeves, because he was a restricted free agent, there was max numbers the Lakers could offer. Right, and you know they obviously offered him the max that they could, but in certain respects, those yearly numbers were fixed. Here's where you might might know they're playing this a little bit or trying to keep this a live option. Jared Vanderbilt becomes extension eligible September 7th. And he's somebody that, look, under normal circumstances, if you can get the right number, he could be useful to have around. He's, sure. He's, he's not going to be somebody, you're not going to be looking at like $18 million a season for Jared Vanderbilt. But you could argue that if you start doing your back channeling and you realize, okay, Giannis really might be leaving, and he really is interested in the Lakers as a potential spot. You can make an argument it's worth extending Jared Vanderbilt to a reasonable number just to have him as a tradable contract. Some as you were, as you said, as you were, <laughs> as you were. Just now, now I'm now I'm just going to be counting the days until it happens, <laughs> because that would be amazing. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> yeah, just bring, just pointing out numbers. I'm just pointing out. Some just numbers. added up a couple of things, and hey, what do you know? Not Factor reporting cap. anything. Factor cap coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Hey guys, yeah, I, am. I don't think this is really a debate, but do you think what's the hottest ticket this weekend in uh, LA? Is it going to be Messi at LAFC, or is it going to be the Atlanta Braves, Dodgers, La- uh, Laker night tonight? Messi. 100%, Maybe, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. But I just like, it's a good night, a good weekend though for LA sports in general, for yeah, sure. No doubt. All right, so my mom is- Nevada and SC doesn't get it on the <laughs> list, Emily? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's put it on the list too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rank it out. Um, so my mom is, um, my, my mom and my dad are up in State College because my mom went to Penn State. And so she's going to see the game this weekend between Penn State and West, West Virginia. In Penn State, she's super excited. She sent me a bunch of pictures walking around where she used to work, you know, this ice cream place that she loves, the Penn State Creamery. It, it was very sweet. So uh, going back to your college campus is one of the best feelings. Travis Fedrickap. <laughs> fact it, it is it's really fun and and especially if you had a positive college experience like i did i enjoyed the five years that i spent in isla vista and at ucsb it's also just a teeny tiny little bit sad just just a little bit because you realize it's not the same it's not the same for sure and i'm not 19 anymore i'm not 21 anymore that you look at them and they look so young and in, in my mind's eye I feel in my head like I'm in my 20s. My body and face disagree. <laughs> they 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 feel like they are in their 50s, which they are. Uh, it is a great time. I always look forward to it, but there's always just that little hint of, man, I'm getting old. Uh, for me, it's Cap. I mean, with a lot of what Travis was talking about, like after a while, you know, to quote Chris Rock, you just become the guy who's a little too old to be in the club. <laughs> right. But also, too, as somebody went to USC, USC has changed oh my gosh. so much. And the surrounding area has changed so much for the better, by the way, for the people going there now. It doesn't actually really feel like where I went to school. 
Like, it's drastically changed. What about, like, when you're right in the middle of the campus there, like, kind of where Tommy Trojan is? Like, that part's kind of the same. That, that part's the same, but, I mean, I don't even remember the last time I was in, like, yeah. sort of the heart of USC. Yeah. Um, I don't have any – I'll put it this way. I don't have any real burning desire ever to just, like, pop by the campus, walk around, whatever. I feel like, you know, it was fine. I'm done. You know, I, I get enough of what I need just watching, like, football. Horry? I didn't have that college experience like you guys did. Like, I didn't attend a four-year college like that. I, I'm one of those rare cases where I'm right out of JUCO, junior college. I busted my butt in junior college, did my whole classes. My I interned, and then all these doors opened for me, and that's how I got into business, uh, just interning and asking and just you know grinding, basically. Yeah. Uh, do I wish I, I had that experience? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had that college experience and, you know, get to go to the sports and the whole thing. But I think I would miss it. I've been a, a few times. I've been back to, like, the junior college where I went to Mount Sac. Right. You know, San Antonio College in Walnut. So we, I went there. Carlo and I, Carlo went there. Laura went there. Yeah. Like, a lot of us that work here, you know, that's where we come from. And I've, I've been back a few times, and it's changed. And if you have teachers there and they're still teaching, it's great to pop that's in and say hello. And that's a yeah. That's a great feeling. What yeah. about you, Em? When was the last time you got to UVA? So I actually, usually whenever I go home for Christmas, I, I it's usually a long week that I'm there, and we have some more time off. So I pop up, because only an hour and a half from where I grew up. And so I go in, I get the bagel from the bagel place that I love, I, I sit on the lawn, I maybe get a drink at like one of the breweries in town. But it's always, each progressing year gets a little further and further away just so wait I, I, I yes i understand <laughs> I that say, there's lots of time yeah in an age bracket where you're not that far no away. Yeah, like no my friends may still be in business school well, and nobody's looking at, if you walk through campus nobody's looking at like are oh, they dropping they off there? their kid like what are they doing here yeah. where andy and i go through and we're like narcs yeah <laughs> like, absolutely <laughs> but yeah like it's it's interesting because like charlottesville and in, in virginia itself is like a very much a there's a lot of different age groups that go there. So like the law school is big, the medical school is big. So you're not you're used to seeing people from all different age groups uh, come around. But. A friend of mine just texted me, but would you go back to the Nino? <laughs> God no. <laughs> Was that the bar? The, the USC bar. Oh. Man. Don't get it twisted though. Like I did party at Cal State Fullerton. Oh, I did nice. party at USC. Oh, yeah. I did go UCLA. Like I partied at different we colleges. Got a sample I just, other flavors. I just did, exactly. I just <laughs> didn't attend the, I the Nino was it may still be. It was when I went there. One of the really popular campus bars. It was so disgusting. Like I mean, absolutely revolting conditions. It's amazing that like USC with rightly this reputation of all these really rich kids. In a city like L.A., where there are so many options, people would wait 45 minutes to an hour to get into this absolute hole. That's funny. That's funny. All right, so uh, I'm going to put this piece of sound. It's from uh, someone on Twitter, Instagram. It's probably a TikTok originally, but they posted this uh, giving his two weeks notice to his wife. Hey, Dan, this is you. Does it mean? This is really that loud. Callie, this is to inform you that two weeks from today is the start of the NFL season. The past several months, I have been an engaged, loving, helpful, and thoughtful husband and father. However, I must with remiss inform you that I am putting in my two weeks notice. I will no longer be available for work on Sundays, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., Monday evenings, nor Thursday evenings due to conflicting commitments. 
I'll also be unavailable every Saturday due to conflicting commitments between hours. All right, so I think we get the gist here. So essentially, he gave a two-week notice to his wife uh, because he was going to be committed to football season. So your wife would not be happy receiving this. Andy, Fetter Cap. Cap. I think my wife would think it's really funny. In the beginning, when she first started experiencing fantasy football, and my wife is a big sports fan. She's a big football fan. She does not like the concept of fantasy football. She thinks it's stupid. <laughs> she's she, not right. I mean, like she's like, I love watching actual teams. Whatever. This yeah. is this is silly. It would have it would have been irritating to her in the beginning of her experience of experiencing fantasy football through me. Now she would think it's hilarious. And she and look, she gets probably more caught up in the NFL season than I do because she's a diehard Cowboy fan. Trev, Susan would also think it's funny, but much like Andy. Susan's a football fan. She she watches. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you can. She also a Rams fan too. She she is. Yeah. So she watches football games the way that I do. She does not mind having it on TV all Saturday afternoon and on Sunday nights and Monday nights and Thursday nights. It's not like, again. She's not that yeah. person. I don't know if I could have a long lasting relationship with somebody that was genuinely bothered by the amount of time I spend on that stuff because, because it's your interest and it's your job it's both it's something that is my occupation and something I get a great deal of pleasure from that if someone was pushed back on that that would be that would be really hard all right yeah Brenda would think it's funny but at the same time I've worked at other places during the NFL season and I get to watch football and yeah just working it is just way different than being a fan like this guy is but you know I think Brenda would think it's funny here's the difference my, my wife is a really really big NFL fan diehard cowboy fan so the the football season is something she looks forward to. Every Laker season, we're like in December. She's like, this bleep ain't done yet. In December? <laughs> That's oh, quick. Yeah. And she's like, she might start getting back into it a little bit because she's a Spurs fan and they have Wemben Yama. Sure. So now it's interesting. But, you know, she also knows Laker season as I see my husband way, way, way less. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, by around December, she's like, seriously, we're still doing this? <laughs> Basketball season's long. Well, and also, too, and this is something that, Every year we go through this, and somehow she doesn't really seem to get the idea that, no, really, it's the same every year. She's like, wait, they're playing on Christmas? Yes. They played on Christmas every year for uh, 20 years. You, they played on Christmas every year that you've ever known me. <laughs> they play on Christmas. She's like, wait, All-Star Week? That's during her birthdays on Valentine's Day. Okay. So it's like falling on her birthday. It's all, she's like, wait, it's in fact, Yes. Every year, this is the deal. <laughs> and next year, it's going to happen. We always have these arguments. All right, speaking of football season, um, the Rams, if, if you were going to say what can't go wrong before the season starts, it may have already started. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This is what I remember. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not. Yeah, it's decidedly unawesome. So the reason we're playing some Kids Bop is because Kids Bop was founded, started, began, was created. Launched. <laughs> yes. Uh, on this day in 2000. Hatched. Yeah. Whatever the Spawned. evilness that we did <laughs> yeah. to deserve this, <laughs> I'm sorry. Unleashed is good. Kids Bop 1, Kids Bop 2, and so on. And so on. So 23 years of this stuff, man. Damn. This is the part where I feel like a failure. This is a good idea that couldn't have been that hard to execute. Find a kid that can kind of sort of carry a tune, find some day musicians that can play their instruments, yeah. and 
turn them loose. And every parent in America has multiple I mean, CDs of this in their home. I, I mean, Emily, you might know. I, I don't know. Are are the kids actually playing instruments, or are these adults playing instruments? I don't know. I think it's the adults playing be, the instruments, yeah. and then the kids singing, but probably heavily auto-tuned. Right. Yes. So, I mean, you don't even need musicians for this. You barely need any adult performance. AI could do this. <laughs> Chat GPD oh pop. I need, I need a <laughs> Oh, this was so funny. You know how they'll, they'll have these YouTube clips or viral clips, whatever you want to call them, of like AI program to do a certain song in a certain style? They, ha I saw one that was – I don't know. Travis, you may not know the song. Emily, you probably will. Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. I don't know that song. I know Nine Inch Nails. I don't know if I know that song Johnny specifically Cash by name. Johnny Cash did a really good cover of it. Okay. Um, uh, the lyrics like I hurt myself today to see if I still feel like it's a it's a song about somebody who's just really sounds uplifting right down and out <laughs> there was an AI reprogramming of the Beach Boys yes listen <laughs> <laughs> find the nine inch nails one though find the nine inch nails if you can that is funny that, that the most upbeat, yes, surfacy. Have a great day. They did this to Surfing USA. The tune is Surfing USA, but the lyrics are "Hurt by Nine Inch Nails," which is a really dark song. It's about a guy just saying that he's turned his life to bleep, and he's ruined everybody around him. I know this one. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's casual listening. Yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> you're in a specific mood when you're yeah. taking this in. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Beach Boys. You're you're in one mood for the Beach Boys, the other mood for Nine Inch Nails. You're not in a surfing USA mood. <laughs> not typically like that. One of our colleagues would say, "That's somebody in a basement somewhere." <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Travis Lee Show teamed up with Waba Grill to give away lunch for your office. Listen today during the Waba Grill Lunch Hour on 710 for the cue to call, and you could be the Waba Grill Workplace of the Week. That's today on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Waba Grill. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. So Rams open a week from Sunday in Seattle against the Seahawks. That The Rams also announced yesterday that Cooper Cup had what they're calling a setback, uh, his hamstring injury that he had early in camp, did not participate in any of the preseason games, only participated in one of the joint practices, and really was unavailable to do the, the camp work that most of the team did. Um, the hope being that he would be ready to go by week one against Seattle. He had a setback yesterday, and Sean McVay was asked whether or not he thinks he'll be available. And McVay said, well, there's a difference between being available and being at performance. And we want to make sure that he's at performance when he comes back, which leads me to believe that he's unlikely to play in that game. This is this is literally, and I'm I'm trying to stay positive, but this was already going to be the, the, the Rams' margins for error and success and success and failure were very thin. Very, very thin. Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Donald are the three guys that you cannot operate without. And one of them will either be operating at a deficit or not operating at all at the beginning of the season. That this is how a season before it even gets started gets off on the wrong foot. Yeah, as somebody who has a fantasy pick. team whose name I can't say on our air, <laughs> took Cooper Cup 
either in the first or second round. I late first, early second. This is unsettling news. And this was news that actually, or a scenario that actually had popped into my head when I took him. I was just trying to be optimistic and also thinking like, they don't need to play him during the preseason anyway. Like, there's no reason for him to be out there. The Rams don't play any of their starters anyway. It wasn't just the preseason games, though, Andy. It was that he wasn't working out with the I team. I know. I know. But then I was like, what does he really need to work out? Does <laughs> yes. He, does he really Turns need out to he work? did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is potentially, even if your expectations were low for the Rams, mm-hmm. this is potentially disastrous. Well, okay, so... The road to victory for the Rams on each Sunday will be, let's go score a bunch of points and hope we can get a stop here and there, and that's good enough. Let's beat somebody 31-28. to Let's beat somebody 35-31. to That we're going to go out there because Stafford, when he's healthy, is really, really good. Cooper Cup, when he's healthy, is maybe one of the best in the business. Aaron Donald is the best in the business. That Maybe Donald can get a stop or two, and Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup can go put up a bunch of points. That's the, that's the blueprint for winning. You take Cooper Cup out of that blueprint or even just make him slightly less than, or if you do play him and it gets worse, this is the second guy on the list of guys that couldn't get hurt. Matthew Stafford's number one. He's number two. It also starts getting into a thing where depending on how this hamstring heals up or doesn't heal up, and depending on how the season goes, if the Rams are really quickly going to have a lost season, this could maybe fast-track a type of scenario where Matt Stafford gets moved midseason. Mm. Because if other teams look like they could be a quarterback away, like a legit quarterback away from doing something, and quite frankly, it has felt to me like Matt Stafford – would not mind being traded at all. No. And then add in. So what was was it this week, Em, where we talked about Kelly Stafford's comments? Was yes, it earlier this week. this week? So early this week, she said on her podcast that her husband, Matthew Stafford, having trouble connecting with the younger players, that there was a cultural divide, an age gap, and it w- was difficult for him to connect with the guys on this team. And that he sounded frustrated Fr- by it, too. Yes. It wasn't one of those things where Matthew Stafford was kind of chuckling about it. I don't it even or- know the kids' music anymore. Right. It oh. wasn't that. It <laughs> yeah. was, I don't even know these guys' names. I don't know what they're into. I don't they're know into. what I'm supposed to do here. Yes. Sean McVay tried to brush it off. Everybody tried, eh, it's not really that big a deal. And then Kelly Stafford went on record again and saying, she put her foot in her mouth that the quote itself is I probably the worst thing I've done when it comes to him. I spoke on a topic that I think is relatable to the fact that it's hard to relate to someone who's 10 years younger than you. And I do think that's entirely true, but I'm not in an NFL locker room. I'm not spending every day with these teammates. It was tough. I say all the time, probably not the best if your wife's name is in the media, if it's talking about sports, I felt pretty bad last week. I put my foot in my mouth pretty good last week. She's, confirming that this is a thing well she's also she didn't at any point say look this came out the wrong way like i overstated what the problem is you know like this is not nearly the thing right that i made it sound like you know i shouldn't have been repeating it but i also said it really badly on top of it she's just saying like look this is not the thing i should have shared why because it's not good because and it's probably true Right, no it's probably yeah. It's I shouldn't have said it, and now the fact that there is a disconnect between the most important player on the team 
and the others. That's and and a, the others included the guy that just got it. It's not great. There's also too. It's it's a continuing pattern with both Matthew and Kelly Stafford where there have been reports about something, or in this case with Kelly Stafford, something they've said that the Rams have tried to downplay or deny. And then one way or another, Matthew Stafford or Kelly Stafford confirms, no, this is the like there had been those reports. Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic, I believe, was the first that they had been looking to restructure Matthew Stafford's contract. Rams up and down. No, 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 no. Matt Stafford. No, yeah, that happened. <laughs> that that took place. It's all these things that the Rams are looking to keep in house. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly Stafford or Matthew Stafford keep confirming this is a thing. Simply put, there's something here. There's something here that brings a lot of other things into play, especially if they get off to a slow start. Well, here's the thing, too. I, I think it's important to remember that Matthew Stafford, and I guess to whatever degree Kelly Stafford is empathetic with her husband, that they feel this way doesn't make either of them bad people. No, of course like, not. There, there's no reports that Matthew Stafford is being difficult to deal with no. or anything like that. I just think he realizes this is a really bad match for me at this stage of my career. The question is, why is Shohei Otani still the designated hitter for the Angels? And I still don't have a good reason, but I heard some bad ones. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.